This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 27. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I am Joshua Dorkin, your host of this, the 27th episode of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my good friend and co host, Brandon Turner. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Josh. It's uh, good to be back in the state of Washington again. Really? Where were you? Well, if you would have listened to last week's podcast, I was going to San Francisco. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Well, what were you doing in San Francisco? All right, so I went to the Inman Connect conference. I, I mentioned it last time. It was awesome. It was uh, uh, really cool. I was meeting a lot of people, uh, real estate agents and people in the industry. So, yeah, learned some cool stuff. I saw some robots on stage. Nice robots. Well, yeah. and and I know you're writing a, you're writing a little piece on on your experience there, correct? Am, or you've yeah. written that, one by the time this goes live, right? Correct. Yeah, that should be out. If not, okay. it'll be out this afternoon. It'll it'll be there. Yes, yes. The the part about the robots is is uh, <laughs> it's a little a little bit strange, a little little interesting. And and uh, you know, those of you who are listening can check out the show notes, and we'll have a link to the uh, to to Brandon's article on, on it. But uh, I, I guess people instead of doing uh, 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 tours are are now using robots to do the tours because they don't want to walk around houses is yeah, that that's the idea is that these little robots can do a house tour for you but i i don't think it's going to take off but anyway there's going to be a video on that page as well so yeah show notes biggerpockets.com slash show 27 you can see a link to that and uh yeah come check out the robots awesome awesome um well so we, we've got a really cool show uh, ahead uh today and uh uh in it we're, we're talking with jason and Catherine Grote. Uh, they are uh, the real estate investors and uh, uh, professional home buyers in the uh, greater Austin area. Uh, they're currently working in uh, short-term residential investing, fix and flips, wholesaling, and actually they are moving into uh, uh, buy and hold. And we'll talk to them in just a minute. But before we do, we want to do our quick, quick tip. And uh, for today's quick tip, Brandon, what were we gonna? We were gonna talk about our brand new. Uh, calculators and analysis tools, weren't we? Yes, we are. Um, we just released them this week. Uh, if you are a house flipper or you want to be a house flipper or if you are a wholesaler or you want to be a wholesaler, uh, that's what these are for. Um, basically, they are uh, analysis tools um, right on bigger pockets that kind of connect to your account so you can uh, go in there, you can enter in all the information about a property as much or as little as you kind of want and it'll shoot out a nice analysis for you and tell you, kind of give you a good estimate of how much you're actually uh, going to make on the property. And it and it accounts for all of the facts and figures, not just, you know, I bought a house for 50 and I put 20 into it and now I'm selling it for 100. You know, it's it's more complicated than that, but in a really easy to use way. So that's Holding costs, all sorts yeah. of other really, it's, Fees, it's taxes. awesome. Yeah, it's pretty and cool. The, and then the nice thing about it is uh, it also prints out a, a fancy schmancy report, which you can use to hand to a hard money lender if you're yep. if you're looking for financing. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, we 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 just just launched that uh, a couple days ago, um, and you can find a link to it on Bigger Pockets if you go to biggerpockets.com. Go to our uh, blue nav bar, and you'll see the analyze drop down menu, 
and you'll see investment calculators there. Uh, and just go there and you'll see a suite of calculators and analysis tools. Um, we've got a couple more in the works, including a, a wholesaling calc and a uh, buy and hold calculator slash tool. So uh, keep an eye out for those and definitely jump in and check out uh, the the uh, fix and flip analysis and reporting tool, the 70% rule calculator that, that, that are currently live. And of course, we've got a quick and dirty uh, mortgage calculator on there as well. So not such a quick, quick tip. But it's important. Uh, it's it's, a, it's an important new new tool, and and uh, since we are talking to uh, to fix and flippers today, we thought it would be uh, fairly relevant to discuss. Uh, really quick before we go to them, one last thing: uh, podcast. Thank you so much to everybody who's who's been listening. The show's going great. Uh, we've we've actually got three hundred and thirty four uh, review ratings on the on on the show. Three hundred twenty four of which were five star. And we've got 210 awesome customer reviews from you guys on iTunes. So thank you very much to everybody who's left us one. And if you haven't left us one already, uh, please do jump on iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. And uh, that's pretty much it. With that all said, let's jump into the show. We've got a fantastic interview, as I already said, uh, coming uh, with uh, Jason and Catherine Grote. If you're in the landlord game, then you know the importance of solid tenant screening. That's where RentReady steps in. Now, RentReady's got an important new feature, proof of income verification. And get this, with Plaid certified reports, you'll see everything from income summaries to total earnings by month. Say goodbye to those gut check moments and hello to confidence in renting with RentReady. RentReady is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering a six month plan for $1. You can't beat that. I actually don't even know how they make money doing that, but it's above my pay grade, pal. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like bigger pockets, investor, like me, to get six months of rent ready for $1, which is crazy. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high tech sensors that detect break ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day. 24-7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through rent to retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. I need to double check with Zach, rental retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? <laughs> it's not that complicated, Rob. 
Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to renttoretirement.com today. Hey guys, how's it going? Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks. It's good to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, yes. All right, guys. Well, let's jump right in onto this and uh, talk about what kind of investing you guys actually do. Uh, we are primarily fix and flippers. Uh, we buy houses, uh, remodel them, and then get them back on the market. Uh, either we will uh, do a light rehab and do what we call a wholetail, or we'll do a major rehab and we just call that a full a full uh, retail rehab. Uh, we also are moving back into buy and hold. And what, what is a wholetail? A wholetail is a mix between a full retail rehab where you take it and, you, and you, you're pressing the comps, getting top dollar for the house, doing a full remodel, making it really nice. Um, it's a mix between that or actually you're just putting it on the open market on the MLS with a realtor, but you're not doing much with it. So it's basically uh, just lipsticking it and putting it on the market, which works in a hot market like we're in right now, uh, primarily. Okay. Okay. Cool. So let's let's go back and and start it. You know, that's where you guys are today. How did you get started? How did you guys get into the field of of real estate and real estate investing? And and obviously, you guys work together, which is why we we've got uh, the two of you here. Correct. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, our first stab was back in 2000. It was a terrible stab. It was uh, poor marketing. We did a direct marketing campaign, and it flopped. We put out about 3,000 postcards, got five calls and no deals. We hung it up for about uh, six years, and we were watching oh. flip that. We were watching flip that house, and we. Uh, just said, I was with my dad, and I said, Dad, let, we can do this. He said, well, go find me two houses, son. And uh, <laughs> I did within 30 days, and they were the largest projects I've done to date. They were monsters, and I knew nothing about construction. Nice. Uh, so those two flips, those two rehabs took a year and four months to turn. Wow. To, to rehab. <laughs> wow. You know, that's actually a funny pattern I see in a lot of flippers is that you think like you'd start small and get bigger, but most flippers start way too big and then get smaller. And that's a, that's, you know, that's a lesson for new people. And I think the reason is, is because uh, it's easier to find properties that are totally messed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the longer you do it, you, you get, you become uh, a little more accessible. You have more access to just better, you know, flip properties that have let, take less work and can make a better margin. So let me jump in here really quick. The interesting thing about that, though, is that those two projects, although were extremely difficult, it was this learning curve. And we learned everything there is to learn about construction and rehab and flip 
when he drove me up to one of the properties, I remember driving up and you could see through the house because they're like, there were walls missing and windows. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? What, this is the house? And so we learned a lot about that. And um, I think for a lot of flippers, what happens is, is when they get projects like this, um, you know, they lose their shirt, they flip out, they, you know, no pun intended, but, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and they completely just, they're like, oh, I can't do this. And they bail out. But for yeah. us, you know, we're, we're both entrepreneurial minded. Um, we both own businesses. I think we just dug our heels in and his parents are also involved in the business. It's the four of us. Okay. We all just dug our heels in and just said, no, we're, we're going to do this. And, and so it really just inspired us to, to move forward at that point. Now, did you guys make money on those? I mean, you held them a long time. So yeah, the longer, <laughs> obviously to, to those people listening who may not have a lot of experience, the longer you hold on to a flip, the, uh, the smaller your profit margins become. Yeah, that's in fact it's a funny story. The uh, the first one we did, uh, we put seventy thousand into the house, and um, we literally sold it uh, the house for what we had in it. So we broke even, but but um, the caveat was that we had it was two lots. So we sold uh, the empty lot right next to it that came with the original house for twenty two thousand dollars, and that was our profit. There you go. There you go. Nice and and really quick, let's let's talk about that marketing campaign that that was an absolute failure six six years earlier. Uh, you had gotten five leads, and why did why did those just not work out? Was it inexperience? What you know? What could you guys have p- potentially done differently if you look back uh, today as somebody who's experienced? Honestly, uh, I have looked back, and they were just bad leads. I mean, they were just they weren't good. I remember. Um, one of them, they had no equity, and the other one was this convoluted uh, family affair. Uh, I think the family was going through a divorce, and the house was a mess, and the the titling of it was a mess. And um, we gave it a good shot. We we got in there, and we we built a relationship with the family. Uh, but they just eventually did something else. And the other ones, I don't even think I even made it to the door. So gotcha. Uh, I just think, yeah, some lack of experience, but I think the area where I, where I sent the cards out to, and the cards themselves were terrible. Okay, but but had you guys continued marketing, eventually a, a lead would have come through that might have worked. But but may, maybe uh, you know it was just at that time it was kind of just too tough, right? Yeah, it just took the steam out of us, and yeah. uh, and and we didn't know about we didn't know anything about direct marketing. That you know, the more you send it out, the you know, the better the return is, and we didn't know any of that stuff. We really knew nothing. Yeah, and so that and that's great advice again for for those folks listening. You know, you gotta you gotta stick with it, and you gotta find a a good market. You gotta farm a good area, and and you know, you you probably want to target those kinds of leads that you you have a best the best shot of working with, right? So in your case, uh, maybe that divorce was kind of messy. That was kind of tough, right? So, um, if if you know. I guess would you have recommendations for somebody starting on on what kinds of leads to market to that might be the easiest? Yeah, like you hear over and over, you know, uh, the high equity leads are going to be the easiest because you're not going to have to deal with a bunch of, you know, uh, convoluted stuff. Basically, you're going to have people that have equity. It's just a matter of buying the property correctly. Um, so, I mean, that's probably the best thing. Uh, even you know, out of town leads, you know. Landlords and stuff like that—they're great too because uh, they're usually no real estate a little bit, so they're easy to deal with. 
So, you know, and that's the most common direct marketing leads from what I've heard is those two, the high equity and the, uh, the non-resident homo, the non-resident owner. Yeah, that makes sense. So you mentioned earlier that you guys, you flip houses, but you're also doing a little bit more buy and hold. Um, I'm wondering why, why did you start flipping houses? Why have you transitioned a little bit more to buy and hold? And kind of what's your uh, philosophy behind like why you do what you do? Initially, uh, it was really just about our capital, the kind of the money we had access to. Uh, you know, my dad's our money man in our in our uh, uh, our business deal here, uh, and so we didn't have that much capital to work with. So we needed to flip houses and build capital. Uh, I needed income. You know, we wanted to transition out of our businesses that we owned into. Uh, you know, making an income through real estate and buy and hold takes a lot longer to do that. You know, flipping houses, you can, you know, you can transition into that, you know, probably in a couple, three years if you do well. And so, but now it's become a tax liability. So the buy and hold, that's why we're going back to buy and hold and, uh, you know, help us out with some of our taxes and, and, you know, and it's just wise, you know, you just put, you know, someone else is paying for a property that you own instead of you paying the the note month over month. I mean, just the basics. You're having someone else pay for the note, and um, at the end, you've got yourself a house paid for, and uh, you've got this asset that you can work with. And and that's so that's why we're doing it. We're wanting to uh, transition to about 15 buy and holds in the next two or three years. Right on. And and you you had mentioned three years as kind of like. You know, I think what you said was reasonable uh, for somebody to kind of transition from maybe a a job to uh, three years of flipping. You know, becoming kind of full time at that, right? Um, right. So, so you you don't think it's reasonable that somebody quits their job after you know like thirty or sixty days of becoming a, a real estate investor? Like, hey, quit your job, you're going to get rich in thirty days. Is that? I think pop- that's insane. <laughs> it's insane, and um, <laughs> we and I think again. That's this is where you see people who fail. They get this idea that they're going to get rich quick. I mean, not always. I don't want to generalize. No, some people do. Some people do. But they Absolutely. do. Yeah, they yeah. do. And the gurus. There's lots of gurus that feed into that. We hear it all the time here in Austin. There's constantly seminars that come through. Hey, use other people's money. You know, make fifty thousand dollars in thirty. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so, inexperienced people. Um, are like, wow, I could do that. And they and that's what they do. They quit their job and then they get frustrated and they get broke and they're just and they give up. And so um I I firmly believe that you uh need to keep your day job and it needs to be something that you constantly work towards. You're educating yourself, you're uh learning, you're you know, learning the the tools of the trade and, and you're building a portfolio and you can work a full time job and do a flip. Is it hard? Absolutely, but anything that's worth something is gonna be hard work. So I'm awesome. all about taking taking the slow road for it. Well well said, well said. All right. So flipping does does it work in any market? And and you know, can we can we talk maybe a little bit about flipping while while the market's hot versus the market being cold? Well, what's funny is uh, we actually have two flip properties that are uh, on the Highland Lakes. Uh, one's at Lake LBJ, which is about an hour from Austin, hour west. And then on uh, Lake Buchanan, we have one. It's about an hour and 30 minutes west. And, um, and then we're we- killing us. They're killing us. <laughs> killing us. Who's killing you? These properties. <laughs> oh, no. Why? It's dead because we're in a drought and there is no lake. Oh, um, so, oh that's not good. <laughs> right. And uh, so we have this contrast of 
we have properties in the city limits of Austin, and I mean they're no brainers. They just fly off the market. Then you've got the we have these contrasts of these properties on the lake that are just sitting, and so can you buy? Can you flip houses in any market? Well, if a house is if a house won't sell, if there's no buyers in the market, then no. But there, if there are buyers in the market, uh, then you know really if there's just a few, if it's a a pretty cold market, you've got to buy it cheap. That's the only uh, solution is buying it cheap because if you buy it cheap, you sell it cheap. and Everybody wants a deal, and if you have the best deal on the MLS at the end, you win. Right. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that because people come in. You know, there's, a, there's experienced people listening. I mean, they all get nuggets out of these shows, but you know, the beginners are really the ones who get the most out of this, I think. Um, how do I buy it cheap? I mean, how do you find a cheap property? We talked a little bit about marketing, but you know, what, how do you, how do you do it? What do you do? This is my philosophy with it. Uh, it's kind of you reap what you sow. If you sow into your marketing, you will reap. If you don't sow into your marketing, you're not going to reap. Uh, so it ta- and sowing takes time. Sowing like does. Fun- I I was sowing a. a uh, Dress the other day for my, <laughs> my wife and daughters, and uh. and it can be bloody too. Uh, <laughs> but sowing, like just like a farmer, they don't just go out there and put the seed down and then bam, they got all their fruit. No, it t- they, it takes time. So right, right. I think that's the key. Is you know with a, uh, and that's what I like about bigger pockets. There's so many ideas, and you can just become so overwhelmed with ideas. You know, just grab a few. Uh, one of our favorites. This is actually what. Uh, Initially, what kept us alive, we called it the Dirty 30. Dirty 30. Uh, Hold on, Brandon, dirty, you ready? Dirty <laughs> 30. Good. <laughs> and I've heard, it call, I've heard it also called Dry for Dollars, but we drive a neighborhood and we look for uh, in a neighborhood that we want to buy in that we already know is got good investment potential. So it's really focused marketing. And you go and you drive and you look for uh, houses that the roofs are bad. They obviously cannot afford to put a new roof on the house, uh, a distressed situation. The yards are overgrown, you know, things like that. We look for, there's about five or six clues that we look for, and we'll write down the address, and we'll go home, and we'll send them a handwritten letter. And uh, we did this for the first three or four years. We had a, uh, it was a 3% return. So we'd send out 100 letters and pick up three houses. So you actually, so the 3% was not response rate. It was a 3% purchase rate. That's correct. Oh, wow. that's, and that's pretty good. What were, the, yeah, wait, I mean, hey, what were those letters? Right. What were those letters? What did they say? Uh, they basically said, um, uh, hi, we were in your neighborhood, saw your property at, and then you put their address on it. And uh, we are interested in buying a, a house in your neighborhood. We are able to purchase the property and can close at your convenience. If you have tenants in the property, we are willing to close now or when their lease expires. Please call me and then put my name and my number and that was it. Wow. Nice. That's, That's awesome. great. That's great. And and uh, that's obviously very effective. You, you had talked about uh, five or six different things. Uh, you talked about roof overgrown, lawn. What are the uh, What are the other factors that you guys kind of peep out when you're when you're looking for for uh, distress situations? I know that this kind of sounds silly, but my the one that always catches my eye is a dented or messed up garage door. Okay. Uh, so that one, 
the roof, uh, the yard overgrown, obviously, uh, uh, debris. You can like look on the sides of the house. If, if they're collecting junk, yeah, uh, then that's you know to me that's a good sign that car you know, parked on the lawn. Yeah, yeah, the, you know that the giveaways there, car parked on the lawn. Uh, obviously, you know the siding's messed up. Uh, you know stuff like that, or you know of course the obvious ones, papers on the front doorstep. Uh, where you know maybe they're not home, or maybe it's vacant, or uh, you know something like that, or maybe the, the the person had to is in the hospital or something like that, and just sending letters uh, to to what it looks like are distressed uh, homeowners in distressed situations. The people, uh, the the houses are distressed because the people are distressed, and right. that's and that and that's what we're looking for. And and then your job is not to further their stress, but to to help them resolve their situation and and. And get get through it by, you know, getting this property. Which you know, obviously, if the property is in bad shape, it means they're incapable of taking care of it for one reason or another, and uh, you take it off their hands, right? Right. And some people just need, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people grabbed our letter and said, "Hey, this is from God." I mean, uh, we we saw your letter and said, "I knew that you could help us." You know, there's just people that just, you know, desperate. they're desperate and you put a letter in their hand and they're like, this is a good solution. This is what I need. I didn't even know what I needed to do, but I really do need to sell this house, get down the road and start over. And so, uh, it's a great opportunity to help people. Right on, right on. Uh, that's great. That's great. All right. Well, let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about, uh, um, th- this flipping business that you guys have es- established, right? So you start it. You know, uh, obviously now you're transitioning a little bit to to buy and hold. But uh, how has your business grown? What you know, what steps have you taken to continue to build it out? Uh, obviously, and we'll talk a little bit about marketing in a bit. But um, you know, just how do you how do you keep the flow of of deals coming? How do you manage your opportunities? Maybe, maybe kind of expand into that a little bit. Sure. Um. You know, of course, as me as the deals flow in, we just learn to kind of grow with it administratively. Uh, my wife is, you know, Catherine's the real estate agent. She handles. Okay. Once we acquire the properties, uh, it goes into her hand. She she is a transaction coordinator, gets them to close, and then at the end, when we go to market them, she handles all the marketing and the selling them on the MLS. Uh, my dad is the money man. He handles. The closings, he handles the um, uh, uh, just all the money stuff, and then I'm the one who actually goes and uh, you know meets the motivated sellers, acquires the properties, gets them under contract, and then I handle the um, the construction aspect or managing the construction or the general contractor, and so we just had to morph into that. We just had to grow into that, um, but really the only way to grow it is like you you're saying is marketing. And uh, the more leads, the more business, and then networking uh, as you need to network. I don't, I don't believe in just, just network just to network. Uh, I believe networking should have a purpose. And everybody knows that. You're not, you're not going out and meeting other investors because you want, uh, you want more friends. You're going out and meeting other investors because uh, you, ha- you can have a mutual business relationship. All right. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So let's actually talk more about that, the networking stuff, because, uh, you know, I think a lot of new people struggle with that, of, of getting in touch with other investors and people who might matter in their life. So what can you tell us about networking? How do you do it? And how's it affected your business? Well, what I can tell you is the first four years, we did zero networking. We had absolutely no networking. 
Um, and I think it affected our business. It, it limited us greatly. So uh, we met one investor and uh, it, it changed our whole business. That's all I can say. He, uh, he's been such a help and he's actually one of my best friends now. Uh, and I bounce everything off of him. He bounces stuff off of me. But it's just great to have a colleague that is doing the same thing you're doing because uh, there's so many, there's just so many weird situations and so many little nuances that you're trying to work through. It's just great to have someone there to help you. And then through bigger pockets, if I can plug bigger pockets, is that okay? No, you can't plug bigger. No. Okay, I didn't think so. No. <laughs> uh, I have actually picked up several deals. In fact, I'm working on a house right now from a gentleman I met uh, through bigger pockets. Uh, Lamar is his name, and he's wholesaling and doing a great job here. But nice, he gave nice. he gave me a lead, and uh, we're in the middle of rehabbing that now. And um, and uh, you know I've met others here in Austin that I'm connected with, and uh, it's just great uh, just to have that uh, ability to bounce things off of. And then it's a great way to pick up deals, turn deals, and just learn more. I love it. That's BiggerPockets.com for those of you who are <laughs> listening. Be part of the bigger pockets economy like the groats. Do it. Sign up. All right. Let's get back to this. Hey, that was the, awesome. That they was did the not get paid at all for that. <laughs> not yet. We need to hold up a little sign that says we did not get paid for that. Yes. <laughs> well, let's actually talk about the wholesaling thing a little bit. You said uh, this Lamar guy is wholesaling. Uh, that was going to be one of my questions. Do you buy from wholesalers? So apparently you do. Um, do you have any tips for buying from them? And do you have any tips for people who are wholesalers on, on selling to you? Yeah, uh, we normally do not buy from wholesalers uh, just simply because uh, there's few wholesalers that market for their own properties. They're usually just what I call uh, you know, uh, bottom feeders. They're just kind of taking uh, scraps from other people, other deals, or the MLS, or, and, and they're just trying to make something happen with you know, any kind of a lead, and they're usually just not very good. So they're kind of time stealers, but... Uh, wholesalers that market their own properties. That's what I ask. Do you, are you sending out letters? How are you marketing? And it's not because I want to find out how they're getting their deals. I want to, I want to see that they are getting real off-market properties. If they're not, I won't deal with them. And so that would be my, uh, my cue to other wholesalers listening is uh, get a marketing campaign together. Get a good, solid marketing campaign and bring real deals to the mm-hmm. table Otherwise, your name is just going to be associated with junk. That's, that's awesome. That was going to be my follow-up question, um, which was going to be, how do you not be a time stealer and how do you not be a, a crap wholesaler? Um, but uh, so, so with these guys, you know, a lot of them, what you'll see, a lot of these new wholesalers, will they're, they're scared. You know, the thing I've noticed is they're afraid to tell you about the property because they're afraid you're going to steal the property from them. So maybe maybe you could give give some advice on yeah, what is it that a wholesaler could do um, to not be so worried that people are going to steal deals from them and and is there a way that they can protect themselves from that happening? You know, it's funny. I, I was I had the same fear. I think it's natural. Yeah. Um, you know, you, it's very precious. When you get a good lead, man, that's precious. That's it's good stuff. And uh, so, but you know. I think you have to build relationships with others, and that's where the trust comes in. Like I wholesale uh, to two or three different guys. I have just a handful of guys I wholesale to, and I don't even put we don't even put their wholesale fee 
um, on the contract or on an assignment contract with them. We literally shake a hand and he said, yeah, I'm going to pay you this much uh, a- after closing. And um, so it just makes things simple. And so that would take away the fear. I say is building trust. But until you build trust, you just need to cover yourself. You need to, you know, there's a right way to do it. And, uh, you know, that's get under contract and, you know, seal the deal up. And then when you go and show people that you've got a deal, uh, then you don't have to worry about it. So, so what you're saying is if you have the deal in a contract, then you don't have to worry about it, correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that, that's the thing that blows my mind. All these guys, they're like, well, I don't want to share it with you. I don't want to I'm like, well, is it your deal or is it not your deal? If it's that's your it. deal, it's not going anywhere. Nobody's going to take it. And if they do take it, you've got recourse. And I think they're afraid to get it under contract for in fear of not having an end buyer. And that's where inexperience comes in. And that's where it's tough. That's yeah. where a wholesaler has to break through uh, to the place where you know they they can trust their per- their decision, and that's where you got You've got to have a good realtor. You've got to have good comps. You've got to know what the rehab cost is going to be. Your analysis has to be there. And I think if you don't have the experience, you need to just go team up with someone until you get that experience. Otherwise, it's just going to be rough. That's great advice. All right. So one more thing along those lines of of wholesaling. So. You had mentioned that you guys will actually wholesale deals, and and you know by nature you are you're 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 the fix and flippers, rehabbers, and you're able to wholesale, and you need to wholesale presumably because your marketing campaign is so good that you've got all these extra leads that you can't work at any given time. So that's how you dispose of them. Is that correct? That's exactly it. We basically fill up our pitcher, you know, our our tub, and then when our tub is full will turn them. Or there are some deals that really don't fit our business model. I like to stay a little closer to home if possible. Um, if I get a hot property on the other side of town, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work it. But if, I, if it's close to my home, it's mine. And, uh, but if it's far away and I, don't, I know it'll fit someone else, then I'll more likely turn it. Yeah, Great. that makes sense. I think uh, uh, Danny Johnson said that the same thing, that you know, if it fits within his business model, great. Even if it, you know, even if it might be a really good deal, if it's outside his specific business model, he's not going to do it. So, I think that's awesome. Well, let's let's talk about your marketing a little bit, um, because obviously you have good marketing. So, uh, how do you do it? I mean, what what's working for you right now? Well, our number one is our website. I mean, that's that's actually what transitioned us from uh, just doing a couple, you know, every few months to just you know, one or two a month. Really? So it, yeah, it, the, the website was a big deal and I never thought there was people looking on the internet, which is so dumb because you, everybody looks on the internet <laughs> for everything. <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, I don't know what my problem was, but it was my, my air conditioner, uh, sub convinced me and actually built my first website. And, um, and we SEO'd it and eventually it just started bringing in some leads and we just took it and ran from there. But, uh, it, it, cha- it changed everything. It changed when he first came to me and told me about starting a website. I, I have to tell you, I, I said, Oh no, it's a terrible idea. Especially <laughs> when I started thinking about the costs to SEO it, how expensive it is a month. And, um, things were really tight at that time. Our business was not doing well. And, um, I, I was, I was against it, 
But I just have to say that I was totally wrong. I can absolutely admit that. It has changed our business completely and taken us to a whole nother level. And I'm glad you admitted that publicly because, you know, Jason's <laughs> yes. been waiting a long time for you to say that. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's awesome, though. I mean, uh, nobody else has actually said that yet, that their website is like their their top kind of producer. I mean, what, what about your website's doing so well, do you think? Is it just that Google's bringing you people? Yeah, I mean, just being on top of the the search engines for just the the main keywords, uh, you know, just the basics, just basic internet marketing. Uh, you just got to find out in your area how people are going to search for you. And uh, I will give uh, a million dollar tip right now. Y'all ready? Drum roll. Here we go. Whatever the bandit signs say, that's what people are searching for. Ooh. That That's is good. Interesting advice. If they say, um, "I want to, I need to sell my, you need to sell your big fat house," <laughs> and that becomes the buzzword. That's what people are going to search. So, um, you know, that's that's the number one tip there. But if you do that, and you just have a website that uh, is warm and friendly, and uh, and not a bunch of junk on it. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we go to different investor sites and there's just so much. I'm just overwhelmed. I yeah. can't even, it just stresses me out. I have to leave that website because there's just <laughs> too much information. I know a few, uh, a couple months ago, I, I wrote a post on the, on the blog on how to build a website in like under an hour or whatever. But I, I used your guys' website as a sort of a example. example, yeah, in there of what a good website looks like. Um, your guys, yeah, I thought yours looked awesome. So we'll we'll link to it in the show notes too. But yeah, it looked really, really good. So yeah. thank you. Thank hey, you. and something else that you guys do on the web stuff since we're talking about uh, is you blog, right? I mean, you're 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 a writer. You you well, you're an investor, but you you write and you write about real estate, and and that's how we are. I believe originally ended up kind of getting to know you guys, and and you came over and started writing for us, um, presumably. Uh, blogging on your site, and then eventually, as you came over and started writing with us, I mean that's that's been beneficial. The the, the blogging part, correct? Yeah, it has. Uh, I guess for SEO value, it's very helpful. Uh, you know, the people that we're trying to attract to the website aren't reading real estate blogs. I mean, so in that yeah. sense, it's kind of indirect. You know, it's 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 building up a presence. Uh, just like you're doing with the, your website, Josh. It's um, that's why we came over to the bigger pockets was the exposure, the uh, you know just being able to add and, and and receive from all the information. But ultimately, to get a seller to commit to selling you their house, you know none of that really matters to them. Uh, but it does help your website and, and it makes you look like an authority, whether you are or not. Well, let me say one more thing uh, just really quickly on the blogging topic. I think that the other thing it helps, um, for example, on our website, I think when a motivated seller or someone who's looking to buy our house goes there and can read about that, I think it's a good way for them to also get to know you a little better. I know that sounds a little crazy, but on a personal level, and a lot of these people are looking for someone that they can relate to. Um, and, and I think it, it, if you will, it gives them a little bit more warm and fuzzy to read and feel like they're start they're really getting to know whoever it is that's going to buy your house. Yeah. Builds trust. And, and right. in particular, if you, if you're writing about deals that you've, you've done, um, mm-hmm. what it does is it, it establishes a track record for you and, that's and it. 
So a new person, or, or not a new person, but you know somebody who's worried, they're like, who the heck are these people? Can I trust them? Do they know what they're doing? Looks you up and they say, wow, this guy's done 12 deals and you know they, they've closed quickly. You know, you've demonstrated it by writing about it and talking about it. That's going to make them more likely to want to work with you. That's it. And the other thing is um, referrals. And um, you know, we do a good job with people we work with. We've gotten several deals from from referrals like that. Um, additionally, we also have reviews on our website. People will review us, and that's important. People, you know, nowadays they're go, they're they're turning to sources like Angie's List and Yelp to get reviews on people, and those are all important, especially for real estate investing. That's a, that's a really interesting point because I I don't think we've heard that one before. Yeah. And uh, so so do you have a button on your site that points to your profile on on Yelp and Angie's and ask your your folks to review you over there? We do. Uh, I believe we have a button for Yelp, Better Business Bureau, and Google reviews. Interesting. That's well. That's a great. That's uh, great piece of advice. So I and and frankly, I think anybody listening should should probably do the same thing. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And say, I have a question about when you. When you get a call from a motivated seller, like how does that how does that play out? Like walk us through if you would real quick. Like you talk to them first time. When do you go look at their property? When do you make them an offer? Um, what's that look like? What's funny is I uh, I was listening to Danny Johnson's podcast, and um, you know what we do is identical. He you know he's grinded out and figured out basically the same things that we've figured out all by ourselves, and. Um, but what I did learn from him, I think I'm going to start doing is when I when we talk to someone on the phone, uh, I'm already my wife's a realtor. We're already looking at the comps uh, before I even get into a depth in depth conversation. I know what their house is generally worth. So if they're if they're asking uh, for retail value plus or you know just something that's not going to work for us, and I know, I'll just start negotiating on the phone with them. We're asking what their best deal is. And if they say, well, you know, it's 90 and the house is, you know, uh, worth retail 100, which is not a good deal for, you know, a wholesaler, then I'm going to uh, just tell them, listen, we buy wholesale, not retail. Uh, And I don't want to waste your time. And, you know, my time's precious also. But before I come out and take a look at your house, I need to feel like we're in a ballpark uh, range of where we can be. And so, We'll try to determine that. If not, we just part ways, and and I usually try to send them on a positive note and say, "Listen, you could list it with a realtor and do a little better." So I turn probably I would say almost half of my leads to real estate agency. Uh, my wife's not even taking listings anymore, so I would just uh, just say, "Go find a realtor. Go find a good realtor and list it." And so it's not this like, "Hey, we can't help you. You know, you're not selling me your house cheap enough, so kick rocks." Um, so when we do go into the field, we actually go to the house. I usually acquire 70 to 80% of the houses I actually look at. Wow. That's awesome. That's like, it's all about the need for efficiency. Well, it's all about that screening, huh? It's it's essential. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And the other thing is, is, um, some of the ones that he will tell, look, you need a retail value for your house. You know, a wholesaler, an investor can't help you. Um, there's been several people who have called us back, you know, a month or so later or weeks later and say, okay, we, we just can't do this. We trust you. You know, you've given us good advice. You weren't trying to steal mm-hmm. our house. We're, we're ready to come down. We're ready to, to be realistic about this and sell to, to someone like you. And we nice. get the deal. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. 
Listeners, I'm telling you right now, it's not every day you find a game changer like Rent Ready. They're not stopping with just tenant screening. They've rolled out proof of income verification. Let Rent Ready handle the heavy lifting with automatic checks on financial stability and earnings. Plus, with Plaid certified reports, you'll have all the info you need right at your fingertips. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. And if you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for just $1. How great of a deal is that? That's one eighth of a Chipotle. That's pretty good. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor, to get six months of rent ready for $1. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high tech sensors that detect break ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24 7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. 
Join today by visiting connectinvest.com slash VP. Connectinvest.com slash VP. So, yeah. so let's let's uh, r- really quick. This is uh, this is show uh, so this is show twenty seven of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show twenty seven. Um, cool. So, what 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 kind of properties are you guys looking for specifically? Age, style, any anything in particular? What what's what's uh, the the, uh, uh, the the Jason and Catherine you know bread and butter house. The bread and butter house is your 80s built, three bed, two bath, you know, 14, 1500 square foot house. Uh, and in Austin, there's about a million of those. Uh, so it's, they're easy. The construction is so simple. Uh, we can almost expect the same issues every time. So when rehabbing a house, that's our, that's our bread and butter. High equity. Uh, maybe a landlord looking to you know get rid of their property. Someone that has maybe just a they they understand how real estate works. They're easy to deal with because you don't have to you know handhold them through. It's great. Okay. Have, have you found that it's been more difficult to get those really good deals now that the market's going up and everyone knows the market's going up? Is it getting tougher? Yeah, it is actually. Um, it's thinned out a little bit. Even our website, you know, and Danny said on his website his leads had gone down and he thought it might have been because of his phone book. But what was so wild, it confirmed uh, something I had heard from an investor in Dallas who has a lead generating website. They were having the same problems uh, since January and so have we and then so is Danny. So it's just the market right now. There's, I think there's more investors in the market than ever right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, they're a little thinner. You just got to work a little harder and, but the, the plus is when you go to sell it, it's easier. So yeah. the buying them's harder, the selling them's easier. Yeah. yeah. And, and really quick on the website thing, uh, if you go to Google Trends or something called Google Trends, you could Google it, Google, Google Trends. Um, what you'll actually see is that interest in real estate and real estate investing terms are dramatically lower uh, than they were uh Back in the day, I haven't looked recently, but I know Brandon and I have. They're, def- have- they're definitely on their way up again, though. But yeah, they definitely bottomed out here about a year ago, and yeah, uh, yeah. So that's wow. a good good way to kind of keep track of like what's yeah, what are people searching for in Google? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's that's definitely yeah, it's definitely on the climb up right now. So yeah. well, so what do you guys look for? Uh, like, what do you guys do in a typical flip? Yeah, what repairs are are, are a certain absolutes that you're gonna jump in and do? Uh, typically roof, AC, uh, foundation is pretty big. The foundation repair, um, you know, we like to do all flooring, paint inside and out, um, uh, re- you know, remodel the kitchen countertops. We try to keep cabinets if we can. You know, and now these are houses that will sell for 200 or less. Uh, when you start getting over 200, 250, you know, you got to change out cabinetry usually, um, you know, all the fixtures, we like to put in cans because they're recessed cans because they're so inexpensive and they have such a nice feel. Front door, that's one of our favorite. We love ch- changing out the front door, uh, getting a nice pop on the front door, a landscaping. We believe in curb appeal. Uh, we believe that people make their decision whether or not they're going to buy the house in their first three or four minutes, which includes when they pull up and they walk in the first two or three rooms they see. Uh, you're going to have them or not have them by that point. So we try to make those, uh, the outside and then, you know, the main areas like the living, the family and the entry pop 
And so that's where we put our focus. Nice. Um, you mentioned foundation issues. Now that scares a lot of people. A lot of investors are just freaked out by that. Um, so let's talk about that real quick. What's what's a bad foundation look like? Like how bad is too bad and, and what can you do about them? Well, I actually, um, strangely enough, worked for a foundation repair company when our business got really slow. And so I did foundation repair estimating on slab foundations for about a year. And I learned so much. Uh, now I even have my own level. And uh, so I'll take it out to the properties. And it's a great negotiating tool because nobody thinks, they'll, they'll just say, I don't have a foundation problem. I just have some settling. Well, duh, that's what a foundation problem is, <laughs> is when your slab settles. So it is to what degree and uh, uh, how much it's moving. You know, one inch uh, variation in 20 feet is guideline for FHA and VA. So we're always looking to the close, to the end buyer. Are we going to freak them out? You know, of course, we repair the drywall cracks. And what you don't want, and this is what we calculate, when we repair the drywall cracks, are they going to come back? after we repair it. If we feel like they're going to show back up, then we fix the foundation. Uh, if we feel like, uh, and we've done this on a few that have foundation cracks, but you could tell those cracks had, uh, had been there for 20, 30, 40 years, and it, it hadn't moved much, and we won't fix that foundation. But if the house is 10, 12 years old and it's got foundation cracks, you need to at least stabilize it, put piers underneath it. Because nobody, you don't want to sell a house and then the people move in and then the cracks start showing back up. You don't want to do that. Typically, what's so, it cost? What's it cost to fix a you know minor foundation problem like a crack? I know that's a general question, but what are people looking at? Yeah, well, uh, typically it's about three hundred dollars a pier, and uh, I would say the average foundation repair cost is about five to seven thousand dollars. Okay. Well, but but knowing that you can now go ahead and estimate it, right? And so, you know, you're going out, you're looking, and the average guy who doesn't quite understand what that cost is, they're going to see a crack. They're going to think, "Wow, it's going to cost me ten, twenty, thirty, whatever they think." Whereas, you know, knowing that it's potentially right around seven, you can now put that into your estimation costs. Yeah, that, so we have a we have a comfortability with foundation repair. I think it gives us a little bit of edge, and we've we have flipped many houses with foundation repairs. In fact, we have one under contract right now. The lady had it on the market, and it wouldn't sell because it had a foundation problem. She was referred to us, and she uh, had the the listing agreement canceled with her agent and sold it to us. And we're about to close on that one Friday. Nice, nice. nice. Are there any problems that you guys uh, stay away from? I don't think so. We're not really afraid of much. It, if if the house is just uh, – what we look at is basically we can put as much money into a house as possible, but can the neighborhood support it? Mm-hmm. Um, it you know, it's just, it's just a matter of if we put that much money into a house, can, we, can it support it? If it can and we can make a margin, we'll do just about anything. One of the houses that we bought a few years back would – partially burned down. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you throw money at anything and you can make it look good. And as long as the neighborhood will support it, the comps will support it, we can make a deal off of it. I, I don't think we're really afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Right on. And cool. one more thing about foundation, sorry, uh, here in Central Texas, people are used to it. Um, the, I heard a foundation expert once say that I think it's something like three-fourths of all homes in this area either have had foundation repair um, need foundation repair or will need it. It's just the fact of the matter here. Seems like a good business to go into down there. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. 
My my area is the same way. We're built on a swamp, and so my whole my whole county is built on a giant swamp. So, uh, do you guys hire? Uh, that explains a couple things, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> do you hire an Do you hire an inspector to look at your properties, or do you just do it all yourself? No, we never have. We just inspected them ourselves, and now we just look for the big things mainly. Uh, as we walk through, we just uh, look at the AC, the roof, the foundation, uh, and then just make some quick notes about. Uh, you know, kitchen, bath, cabinets, flooring. We we already there's some things we just gut always, and then we just look at the ones that we try to keep and remain, and then so we just kind of keep it simple. And we just do it ourselves, and we've never run into anything that's killed us so so far. Um, I'm also wondering then, you guys. I'm assuming you don't do your own labor, so uh, how does that work with hiring contractors? Do you have any tips for finding good ones? I ask a lot of people this because this is a question that I deal with constantly. And you're not alone, Brandon. Um, you I have the are worst. Not alone. <laughs> <laughs> I have the worst. <laughs> we have the worst sub list that we've ever had right now. It's uh, and it's because it's crazy. Construction's crazy busy here, yep. and so and all you know they're going and uh, fleeing to people that are willing to pay top dollar. We're not, and so we go on the back burner, and then we go looking for new subs. It, it's rough, but uh, I think the key is to just take care of the ones that uh, do a good job. Just yeah. pay them timely, take care of them. Uh, but you can't control how they come in and out. But finding them, Craigslist, other contractors, other, and this is where networking comes in. Uh, some of the investors I work with, I get some of the greatest subs from them. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I'm just going to throw this out there for those who haven't heard because I bring it up every so often. One of Jay Scott's tips was to go to Home Depot at like uh, – you know, six in the morning and see who's standing around the pro desk. And those are the guys that are, you know, good. I love brilliant. that tip. Yeah. Very, That's very brilliant. Smart. So, well, cool. Um, well, you guys both work together. We talked about that earlier. You kind of a team. I'm wondering if you have any tips for working with your spouse. I know a lot of people, a lot of real estate investors, one of the benefits of being an investor is a lot of times you get to work with your spouse. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's really important to that everyone knows their place and what their job is. Um, I, I think that's probably the most important thing. Can um, you rephrase that, would, that really quick? Because, you know, I, I know if a guy tells that to his spouse, <laughs> she's, she, she's not going to be real happy about that. <laughs> no, no, but, but I guess coming from Catherine, it's cool. It's okay. You know your place, Jason. Yeah. Yes, I do. Go ahead. <laughs> I got to take over. There's a phone call that she's been waiting for all morning. She's got to take. But yeah, basically defining your position. Uh, you know, of course, I have the tendency to dominate uh, and take over my some of my wife's jobs. Of and course, she pers- says that as she leaves the room, which is like, <laughs> okay, now let's be honest. <laughs> no, but it, it's great. It, um, you know, you know, we have a great marriage, so it makes it, it makes it nice and adds another dimension, but um, it, it's so, it's helpful. You know, we work together. Uh, where, you know, at night I'm like, oh, hey, did you forget to do this? Or did you do this? And we can just be laying in bed and she say, oh yeah, I took care of that. Uh, not that I advocate, you know, talking about real estate all night long, but uh, it's, it's easy, just nice. It's easy to do, isn't it? I, it I, is. Yeah. I mean, because we love, we're passionate about real estate, and uh, it, it's fun. Yeah. And so yeah. it, it's just a, it's just another dimension. But working together, you understand and know each other more. And let's just face it: if you have issues or problems, you get mad at one another. You, you got to work through it. You're married. Yeah. 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 And what, what what about what about selling? What about selling? You know, obviously you get these things. You 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 get the curb appeal. Um, where do you guys price your houses? 
what do you mean by how do we price our house? Well, you know, so say the average comp of a house and in an area you're doing is say 150,000 and matches pretty well. You guys finish it fairly nicely. Are you going to price it at that 150? Are you going to drop it to say 140, 145 and try and bid it up? Are you going to, you know, where, where what's your pricing strategy on 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 uh, selling one of your flips? Okay, well, you know, we don't have a cookie cutter philosophy on it, but basically what we do is we want to we want the house to sell within the first 3 weeks or get I'm sorry get a uh, contract within the first 3 weeks because after 3 weeks I believe the seller goes uh, leaves the driver's seat and gives it to the buyer and that's when you start getting lowball offers and when you see everybody knows when you see houses on the market for 2 3 4 months uh you're not in the driver's seat as a seller. The buyer is. They're going to come in and, uh, and, and they're going to tell you what's, how it's going to go down. We don't want to give up that position, obviously. So everything we do is we try to price it to where we believe it'll sell within the first really 14 days. Okay. So what does that mean? So that means, uh, for example, if we did a full remodel, a nice remodel, and the comps are at 200 uh, for a full remodel, uh, you know, we're going to list it right around there. We used to try to push the comps up a little bit and really stretch things, and we will if the neighborhood's super hot. And so Austin's a little bit of an anomaly. Uh, many neighborhoods, the average days on the market's seven, six, seven days, uh, which is basically enough for people to go in and out of the house and then try to work through all the multiple offers. You know, it takes six, seven days to do that. So we can really push things up. Like recently, we just got, in fact, we have it under contract. It was on the market seven days, this house we had. And um, uh, the most a house that ever sold from that neighborhood was 205, I think. And we listed it at 214.5. And we got it under contract in seven days. So it just, there's so many variables that we take into consideration. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move this right along. We're almost uh, out of time here. So very quickly, we're going to do our new segment that we've been doing recently called the fire, fire round. round. Fire round. Now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get one of those like monster truck guys to announce that. Sunday, awesome. Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, that's what, that's what we'll do. I'll get a guy yeah. on Fiverr to do that. All right. So these questions all came from the Bigger Pockets forums. These are actual questions that people are asking. So if uh, if you are a listener and you have questions, go throw them on the forums, and we might read it on your. Uh, on the next podcast. So here we go. Number one, what is your average profit per, (laughs) what is your average profit per flip? Five times fast. Say it. Average profit per flip. 30,000. Okay. And what is your minimum profit per flip? 15. Okay. Okay. But windows refinish old wood ones or update with new vinyl. Update with new vinyl. Uh, would you buy a house that's, and I think I know this answer, you kind of said it earlier. Would you buy a house that was severely burned? Yes. <laughs> that's a the quick pa- fire round. The password is, <laughs> uh, what, what about a pool? If there's just like a real nasty looking pool, do you guys remove it, refinish it? What do you do? Oh, we forgot. We don't buy houses with pools. I knew there was something. <laughs> busted. <laughs> Every house we ever bought with a pool is not gone well, but uh, we will do it. Will you fill it in, or will you uh, make it look pretty? 
depends on how much the cost is. I would say $2,000 or less will keep it. Uh, more than that, we will make it a garden. So, so really quick, I saw a, uh, I don't know, it was one of the 10,000 flipping shows, and, and uh, this, this guy buys a house with a pool, and the pool was all jacked up. And he had all this debris from the renovation of the house. He put it in there. <laughs> got, got, <laughs> he's got a big old pile of debris, and he literally gets his buddy, and he starts throwing all the crap into the pool. And, you know, just like, yeah, this is going to fill it, and then we'll just cover it with a little layer of dirt. And his, the contractor comes running out and is like, what the hell are you doing? Are you at the <laughs> do that? And obviously, in the end, you know they had to, you know, they had to do it the right way and take out the concrete and fill it appropriately and throw their garbage where it belonged instead of chucking it in a hole in the backyard. Well, I thought it was a great idea until you told me you couldn't do it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Um, do you charge? So Listen to all those flipping stuff, guys. I mean, there's some, <laughs> there's some crazy stuff. Stuff. <laughs> They're helpful for sure. Yeah. So, all right. Do you charge a late fee for contractors who don't finish on time, or do you have any other? Uh, what do you do when contractors don't finish on time? We beat them. <laughs> okay. I was drinking water, and I came this close to spitting it across my screen. <laughs> I could kidding. see that happening. <laughs> I, I could as well. I. That'd be awesome. No, no. Seriously, we don't. We don't really have anything like that. But. Um, you know, I'm really not really have a big big problem with it. We don't use general contractors. If I do use a general contractor, then we um, uh, obviously have something built in there. Right on, right on. All right, and the last of the fire round is uh, wood floors. What do you guys do? Dark stain, light stain, or no stain? Uh, depends on the property. Uh, depends. Um, for example, if it's dark inside the house, we're going to want to do something a little lighter to lighten it up. Um, actually. Um, we're going into a property right now. We're kind of doing a modern update on it, and we're doing um, wood look tile, wood plank. wood plank tile in it. I've heard of that. I've never used it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very contemporary. Has a contemporary feel. Yeah, that's cool. I've heard about using that in like basements because it's you know tile, so it's waterproof or whatever. But that's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks like wood. You guys should take some pictures and post them up so we could see it. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Do cool. it. All right, it's that time again. Uh oh, Brandon, what time is it? It's time for the famous four. That was awesome. Yeah, that was good. And and, and did you did you see Jason's face as we did that? Yeah, I, I think he was going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> Am I part of that famous four? Oh, you could you could join us. You want to do it? Sure. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I'll be baritone. All right, here we go. Three part harmony. One, two, three. Famous four. That, awesome. The that best we've cool. done yet. Yes, right there. Absolutely. She All right. Called us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So famous four. What is your and you would refer to one, both, or either of of uh, the Grote clan over here? Uh, what is your favorite real estate book? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Good. Catherine. I don't have one. Sorry. That is that she is. She can't read. Called <laughs> <laughs> her out, man. Come on, ten thousand plus listeners, and now you know that yeah. that wasn't right. For those who didn't see that, let me just say. Let me let me say something really quick here. Um, I don't have time to read. I'm too busy investing. 
Oh, oh nice. Ooh, <laughs> got you. And she did just punch her husband in the arm. That was pretty great. Did you see that? I, did. I have that saved. Okay. That was saved. <laughs> All right. I, uh, favorite non-real estate business book, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't have one. Uh, I know that sounds ridiculous, but no. uh, we don't. You're Rich. smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. <laughs> oh, I got the right answer. I got the right answer. Who needs a book when you have biggerpockets.com? Bam! Ooh, I like it. I That's like a it. bonus right there. <laughs> Seriously, I read a few books in the beginning, but uh, since then, I mean, they just got us started. They got a little foundation going. I think once you have a foundation going, uh, experience is how you learn, not books. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. You guys are a very fun couple. What do you guys do? Uh, Outside of real estate, what kind of hobbies do you have? Hobbies, man. We got three kids. We got three <laughs> <time> for hobbies. <laughs> Seriously, though, we uh, we're real involved in our church and in our community and with our kids. Um, uh, that's that's what we do. Wow. Cool. Well, well, Boring, I, huh? Yeah. No, you know what? I just had my third kid, so i i will be uh, I will be turning to you for advice. I'm sure. I also just had my third cat. That I have in my <laughs> Okay, not only does he live in a swamp, he's a crazy cat lady. That's the scary thing. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to take care same, of three cats. Brandon. Almost the same, I know, exactly. So <laughs> it just minus the litter boxes. Exactly, yeah. I mean it's yeah. All right. What do you believe sets apart the successful house flippers from those who just come and go and never really gain any kind of traction? I think some of it is just a matter of going out and doing. I think you can get so consumed with all the information that's out there that you ever never actually uh, do anything. You just sit there and you 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 always gain information, but you you need that experience. I think the other thing is I think there's a lot of people who don't treat this as it's a real business as much as if you were opening a storefront business, and um, it they say that I think it's something like ninety five percent of startup businesses fail mm-hmm. in the first five years. And I think that applies to this as well. Um, you've just got to be able to dig in and learn from your mistakes and um, just be determined to hold on and, and press forward and don't let, don't let the setbacks just knock you off course. Yeah, that's great. And of course, your husband needs to know his place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if that happens, all is well. <laughs> now, I didn't mean that exactly. <laughs> I meant that in a good business structure, everyone knows their, their jobs is what I was trying to say. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Cool. Uh, J- did, you, did you have anything to add to that, J- uh, Jason? Yeah, and I think it's this discipline. Right. And that's what she's getting at as a business owner. It's being disciplined. If you're not organized and disciplined, uh, you're going to fail because this business takes, it just takes discipline. You got to put everything in its place. Every, uh, you know, your time has to be, uh, put, you know, separated out correctly from, you know, pleasure to business. And you've got to work hard in your marketing and, uh, you got to follow up with your leads. You've got to be diligent. Yeah. Fantastic. And one more, one more thing. As he talks about discipline, I wish y'all could see our desks right now with all the piles all over it. I could you'd see be it. Like, what are they, what are they talking about? Nice. Yeah, I see nice. it. Nice. Well, mm-hmm. well, cool. Well, thank you guys uh, very much. This has been a really fun show. It has indeed. Yeah, we're we're glad to have had you. So definitely. Uh, where can people? Yeah, where can people learn more about you guys? Uh, our website www.ibuyaustinhouses.com, and uh, 
you can't learn a whole lot more about us there, but uh, you could always hook up with us on biggerpockets.com, send a colleague a request, and uh, we love having conversations through Bigger Pockets. Nice. Interesting. What, what, what's that site? <laughs> uh, bigger Pockets. P A. No, I'm just kidding. P O C K E T S. dot com. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Listen, thank you so so much. We really enjoyed it, and uh, and uh, we will uh, we'll see you around the site, and and obviously want to continue to hear about your successes, and and hopefully you'll be sharing those on your site and ours. Uh, so thank you. Absolutely, and thank you all for having us on the show. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you both. We appreciate y'all. No problem. All right, everybody, that was a fun, fun show with Jason and Catherine Grote of iBuyAustinHouses.com. Uh, I know I picked up a couple tips there, and hopefully you guys did as well. Thank you very much for listening. Brandon, uh, hopefully you enjoyed yourself a little bit, the, the swamp monster. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that was fun. It was. It was. Um, so, so listen, uh, we've got lots of great shows ahead scheduled for you guys. Definitely make sure... Uh, to stay tuned. Uh, if you want to find out more information about some of the things we talked about on today's show, go to biggerpockets.com slash show27. And uh, otherwise, of course, as always, be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash biggerpockets, Twitter at twitter.com slash biggerpockets, YouTube at youtube.com slash biggerpockets. We got a group on Facebook. We got a group on LinkedIn. We got a group everywhere. Uh, of course, come on Bigger Pockets. Join us. Hang out with us. Introduce yourself, uh, interact, learn, engage, and like the growths, I mean, these guys are doing business because they're active and, and, and part of this community. They're doing business with other people on bigger pockets. So, uh, you know, w- what else do I have to say? Jump on and be part of that. And uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Again, really quick uh, note uh, again, we launched uh, the brand new. Uh, calculators and analysis tools and things on, on bigger pockets so you can check them out at biggerpockets.com uh, and and just go to our anal- analysis or analyze I believe it's uh, uh, analyze uh, menu option and you'll you'll see it right there and uh, jump in and check it out and start using it it's it's pretty incredible so till next time thank you very much Brandon bye <laughs> goodbye you're listening to bigger pockets radio. Simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Here to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. 
Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.